When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, Duke fans, and welcome to episode 507 of the Duke Basketball Report podcast. It is Monday, March 27th, 2023. Happy birthday to my older brother, Max. He turned 37 today. Nice. I'm, your host. I'm your host for this episode. I'm Sam Klein. Uh, I'm coming to you from New York City tonight. I'm joined only by Jason Evans, not by Donald Wine. Jason, good evening. How are you? I am. I'm great because... We sort of suspected the news that we're about to talk about, but actually having it happen is is a big, big deal. Big, big deal. Uh, yeah, big deal indeed. The the first uh, is he staying or is he going announcement coming out of Duke men's basketball today is that Tyrese Proctor, the starting point guard from this past season, is returning to Duke for his sophomore year. Uh, the The video came out earlier. There were... Uh, some highlights. There were a lot of tweets that came from all the various uh, accounts that are part of the Duke men's basketball official uh, social media presence, including Tyrese Proctor, excited to return for his sophomore year. He he simply said, I'm back, which is uh, <laughs> it's funny to think about the the phrasing there, because like the season just ended. It's not like right. he's been <laughs> he hasn't been gone. Right. He's presumably he's like still in class he's taking the same classes that he was taking a week and two and three weeks ago so 
Well, in addition to saying the video just says I'm back, but he he also spoke to some folks at ESPN. And and I thought there were some really telling things that he that he said to ESPN. First of all, he, he spoke about having unfinished business. And look, I know everybody says that, but it's still great to hear. It's just the right attitude that you want. And then the other thing I loved was he said, we want to hang another banner. And he goes, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be there this summer. And, and this is a huge thing because remember, Sam, we talked about this extensively, that Tyrese Proctor was not at Duke last summer, that he, you know, because of the visa situation and because he was playing for the Australian national team, he wasn't able to be at Duke. I, I want to, I feel like he arrived in like mid August or so it was, yeah, it was well after. I think right the- before the semester started in August. Yeah. So he talked about how much he's looking forward to being on campus all summer and really bonding with the guys and beginning to form what they think will be a very special team. And he closed the article, you know, from ESPN closes with him talking about wanting to hang another banner in Cameron. I don't think he's talking about no ACC tournament banner. Uh, By the way, I should have added at the top that uh, after the break and after we discussed Tyrese Proctor, we do have to talk about uh, some future Blue Devils performances at the McDonald's All-American events so far this week oh yeah uh, not, oh yeah not in the actual <laughs> all-american game but but the event so we'll get to that this is after the this break. is a great day if you're a duke fan to feel a little bit giddy you, you you got a big player back and you got some glimpses of the future and you're just like wow <laughs> so when we talked about tyrese proctor this weekend or, or last week jason we all said that you know he he could leave there's a there's a world in which he decides look the whole point of me coming early to Duke was to fast track the move to the NBA, but that the situation probably made more sense. So we don't need to rehash the why should he come back, but what are you expecting from him this coming season that we didn't get to see? And and I, I think you're on the right track here that the big difference, of course, will be that he gets to spend the whole summer with his teammates and with the coaching staff because by arriving in August, he didn't get that extra, call it, two, three months of practice time without class going on, without the the season happening. Because as we know, there's only so much development that can go on in season. Exactly. And I think one of the big things that you're going to get from him, uh, we talked about the best man of freshmen is that they become sophomores. One of the big things I think you're going to get from Tyrese Proctor is going to be an improved understanding of how the college game works, how to succeed against guys at this level, because he just didn't have any experience at that. And the fact that he missed the summer meant that he he literally, you know, talk about hit the ground running, but uh, you know, Jeremy Roach got hurt fairly early in the year. Tyrese Proctor was, was forced into a bigger role maybe than he originally envisioned for himself because of that. And, and there was just a there was a lot of adjustment that went on. Uh, this was a season where Tyrese Proctor averaged nine point four points per game, and three point three assists per game. But over Duke's final 10, 11 games, the final eleven games, which was the you know the stretch that we talked about so much, the ten game win streak, and then the ten, loss to Tennessee. But over Duke's final eleven games, the final month of the season, he averaged better than ten points a game, ten and a half points per game, four point four assists per game. Significantly, only 1.4 turnovers per game. So almost a three-for-one assist-to-turnover ratio. Now, this is a guy who, you know, in late January, early February, was getting like three turnovers per game. Like, he was turning the ball over too much, and Duke was struggling because of it. And, And I just feel like the development you saw from him late in the year is 
is going to be amplified by having a summer, as you said, Sam, to just focus on the things he needs to get better at. And the biggest thing he needs to get better at probably is his outside shot. He only hit 32% of his threes. I'll let you jump in for a second, but when you come back to me, Sam, I want to talk about how guys from freshman to sophomore year improve their outside shot because it is significant. I think that part of that development hopefully will come from him having more shooters around, right? Next year, uh, Duke brings in some guards who should be better complements on the wing than what sure. Proctor had yeah. available to him this year. The emergence of Dariq Whitehead at the end of the season, notwithstanding, we know that that Proctor is developing that outside shot. So it, I, I think that the shooting is part of it. He demonstrated in that in that final stretch what an elite defender he is already at the college level and and how much better he could get uh, in in a sophomore year where, again, he has the time to to develop the um, the understanding of how the defense works, how to work with his teammates. I feel like as as good as Duke was with Derek Lively uh, manning, you know, running the defense this year, especially at the end of the season, I feel like we're going to look up next year and Tyree, we're going to be talking about how Tyrese Proctor is playing at an all ACC defensive caliber, if not an all American defensive caliber with the way that he's able to disrupt passing lanes with the way that he's able to pester on the ball with the way that he's able to recover off the ball, especially on the perimeter. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. Yeah, to his see all his ability, that. Sam, his ability to fight through screens was, was really special this past year. And I think you're right. I think we just got glimpses of what he can be as a defender and, uh, you know, it's going to be even better as a sophomore. So, Jason, let's come back and talk about the three-point shooting. I, I know that, that you were looking at the development of players from freshman to sophomore, and and I think we talked during the NBA draft preview episodes about some notable recent examples of Blue Devils who stuck around for their sophomore campaigns and and improved their draft stock. I think Luke Kennard is one that, that we love bringing for up sure. on this show. Uh, Grayson Allen certainly went from you know, bench player to all American starter in his sophomore year. So tell me what you found. Yeah. So, I mean, it's not much deeper than what you just went through. I went back and I looked, I went from 2016 till the present, which is, which is when one and done, you know, really, really started to take off, especially in, in recent years. And the, the honest to God truth is that Duke hasn't had a lot of sophomores who played a significant role as a freshman. For the most part, if you play a significant role as a freshman, you tend to move on. You tend to say, okay, I'm I'm ready for the NBA. So they're just there aren't a ton of guys to to talk about with this. But as we go back year by year, last year, we this year, of course, the only one we had, by the way, was was Jalen Blakes, who who really, you know, basically didn't play as a freshman, only in true mop-up time. And he he certainly was much improved this year, played a larger role, a significantly larger role this year than he did last year. And it's worth noting that his his outside shooting, his three-point shot improved from less than 30% to almost 35%, which is a, a, a decent, significant jump. You're going to hear a theme here from me about that. So 2022, last year, we had two guys, Mark Williams and Jeremy Roach, who were sophomores. Mark Williams, of course, went from being a, you know, okay, a minor player for Duke to one of the best big men in the country. Jeremy Roach, interestingly, unlike other freshman sophomores, and I want to, I want to be clear that like not every sophomore gets a lot better, Let's let's just be honest. Jeremy Roach really wasn't significantly better as a sophomore than he was as a freshman until late in the year. We all talked about how he made the leap that we had March Roach at a certain point, tournament Roach. But for most of the year, Jeremy Roach was 
fairly similar as a sophomore than he was as a freshman. Now, go back to 2021. Matthew Hurt, Wendell Moore. Those are the two guys that are sophomores that year. Matthew Hurt, you look at his like usage rate, his shooting percentages, they skyrocket from freshman to sophomore year. Uh, Wendell Moore really improved his outside shooting freshman to sophomore year. Wendell Moore only hit 21% of his three-pointers as a freshman. He was up above 30%, just barely, but above 30% as a sophomore. And of course, that evolved even further when he got to be a junior. Again, this theme, guys just always seem to get better with their outside shot after they've been in school for a year. In 2020, Trey Jones was the man. I mean, his assist rate skyrocketed. Um, his th- three-point field goal rate went from 26% to 36%, a 10 percentage point jump. That's massive. And you mentioned some of the older ones, you know, Luke Kennard, who went from hitting only 32% of his threes to hitting better than 44%. Grayson Allen went from hitting about 34% of his threes as a freshman to hitting 42% as a sophomore. There, there are plenty of other guys. Look, they're Alex O'Connell, Jordan Goldwire, Javin Delorier, Marquise Bolden, Jack White. But none of those guys played nearly as much freshman year as Tyrese Proctor did. Again, I think the comparisons for Proctor, the appropriate comparisons, are these guys who played a significant amount. And and in that regard, you're talking about the Mark Williamses, Jeremy Roach, Wendell Moore, Trey Jones, Luke Kennard, and Grayson Allen. And that list just screams guys who took a sophomore year jump. And on top of that, he gets the extra summer working with John Shire and we know what a crafty point guard John Shire was in in college and and all the sort of intangibles that he brought to the team from the point guard position. I imagine that Proctor spending even more time with him is going to, you know, pay off in, in all kinds of ways that you can't necessarily quantify on the court. But Shire's going to love having a returning point guard like that at the helm. So of course the option that Tyrese Proctor had was to declare for the NBA draft. We hadn't seen mock drafts that that had him listed uh, high enough, or if at all, to suggest that he was strongly considering leaving. But Jason, what do you think returning for his sophomore year does for Tyrese Proctor's draft stock in the 2024 NBA draft? So there's no question that his draft stock had had improved lately. That, you know, we talked Tyrese Proctor's play down the stretch. Look, his play in the Tennessee game, late in that Tennessee game, when he was carrying Duke, attempting to get us back into the game, his stock improved. And NBA scouts started to see things that made them perk up their eyes a little bit. ESPN, and I don't want to be clear, ESPN's not the only, you know, draft, mock draft source out there, but ESPN had him today as the 30th best prospect in all of college basketball. That's that's not to, you know, not everyone's going to declare and things like that, but by the way, they're 31st round picks. So ESPN essentially said, if you let everybody declare who's allowed to declare, we think Tyrese Proctor is among the top 30. We think he's a first round draft pick. Again, I don't know that other teams would have said the same thing. I don't know that other mocks would have said that's the same thing, but you're starting to look at, oh, maybe Tyrese Proctor had a shot at being a first rounder or getting a guaranteed contract. And typically guys like that, Trevor Keels is a great example. Those guys turn pro. They don't come back to Duke. I'm going to tell you why I think Tyrese Proctor made a really smart decision. Let's say ESPN is correct, Sam. Let's say that Tyrese Proctor was going to be the 30th pick in this year's draft. If that had happened, he would have signed a contract that would have been worth approximately $1.98 million for his first year and $2.08 million for his second year. So right at $4 million for his first two seasons. 
But I'm going to tell you something. Everyone, everyone who's starting to put together 2024 mock drafts is looking at Tyrese Proctor as a potential lottery pick. First, the 2024 draft is not as strong or as deep as the 2023 draft. And also everyone's like, look, we've seen this kid starting to grow up and develop. If we see more of that, he could really vault his way into the lottery, maybe even high into the lottery. But I'm not going to go that far. I'm going to say, let's say he's just the 12th pick. He's at the very end of the lottery in 2024. His rookie year, his first year, he'll make more than $4.1 million. That means in his first year, he will make more than the two combined years if he's the 30th pick in the draft. You follow my math? If he's the 30th pick, he makes $2 million a year. If he's the 12th pick next year, he makes more than $4 million a year. It is a smart financial move. Again, if he's going to play well, if he's going to vault himself into the lottery, which everyone seems to think is a distinct possibility for Tyrese Proctor, the exponential way that your contract jumps if you go in those first 15 picks or so make this potentially a really smart financial move for Tyrese Proctor. Not to mention whatever sponsorship opportunities he gets as a visible sophomore at Duke, because I imagine that 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 gets uh, much easier now that he's been around and that, and that, you know, the, no the question community knows him better going into the season. Jason, let's take a quick break. When we get back, we have to update you on uh, how well the Duke commits performed in the uh, non-game day activities at the McDonald's All-American game this week. So stick around. This episode of the Duke Basketball Roundup is sponsored by BetterHelp. Springtime is the season that's supposed to feel like a new beginning. We have better weather, and it feels like everyone gains a boost of energy. However, for many... Leaving winter behind doesn't always mean that their mood lightens up with the extra sunlight. We all carry around stress, and that stress can build as more events get added to your calendar. That's certainly true, Donald. And with the amount of social gatherings increasing with the improving weather and more daylight, there's more pressure to be on when you're interacting with family, friends, coworkers, even strangers, even when stress has you a little bit down. And for some, getting advice from a therapist and help you tackle some of that stress without affecting you or the people you care about. That's what BetterHelp is all about. It's entirely online, and it's designed to be therapy that's convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and get matched with a professional, licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists anytime you want. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try and find your social sweet spot. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Duke Roundup today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Duke Roundup. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. 
laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We are back. And one thing, Jason, I feel like we should have mentioned at the top of the program is that you may notice that this show has a slightly different look in your podcast feed if you if you were looking at it before you listened or, or before you downloaded today. Uh, we're in the process of the transition away from SB Nation's legacy uh, podcast hosting platform. So as you notice, it's still us. Uh, you haven't subscribed to a new show. Uh, your your podcast catcher has not has not decided to uh, go chat GPT on recommendations for basketball programming. <laughs> this is still the same show. Uh, we're not renaming as of today. We will be announcing the new name and and maybe some slightly updated branding very soon uh, because our contracts with SB Nation, I think, run out at the end of March, which is uh, which is coming up very soon. So uh, but we're still here. There's no there's no sort of big announcement coming just for your information. OK, let's get back to the basketball now that we've uh, cleared out the the logistics. Yeah. So <laughs> Monday uh, at the McDonald's All-American game was uh, all of the what you might think of at, at, at the NBA All-Star game as like the pregame events, the slam dunk contest, the three point shooting, et cetera. And Duke commits tonight. Jason uh, had, had had a pretty good evening. It started with the three point contest, which was won by Jared McCain. We talked when we were doing the NBA draft. Will he or won't he decision shows about how Jared McCain as an incoming shooter is going to have some impact on on the Duke roster next year and and potentially where the touches are going. Jared McCain showed out uh, remarkably well tonight at the McDonald's All-American three-point contest by winning that. And then the uh, closing event of the evening was the dunk contest, which was won by Duke commit Sean Stewart, the power forward who is not getting as much attention, I think, as Mackenzie Mbako, but is someone who we are we are all very excited about, and I think also fun for the broadcasters and and uh, and sponsors of this event because he beat Bronny James in the final for for this dunk contest. So uh, pretty cool. And Bronny James brought out his his younger brother Bryce as part of the um, as part of the festivities, and I think Sean Stewart had Mackenzie Mbako on hand yeah, to so- help him out. <laughs> So, right. uh, so you talk of, about uh, lo- lots of teammate action in here. So, so what did you see this evening from McCain and Stewart? Right. So you were talking about Sean Stewart and Mackenzie Mbako, and and I wanted to say, you know, Sean Stewart has leaped over Mackenzie Mbako <laughs> in the mind of Duke fans. I don't know if that's the case, but Sean Stewart quite literally did a did a windmill dunk over Mackenzie Mbako during the slam dunk contest. It was ridiculous. It was outrageous. It brought the house down somehow. Somehow, Bronny James doing something similar over his considerably shorter younger brother also 
made people cheer. I don't know. I think that I think that doing it over six eight Mackenzie Mbako is a little more impressive than doing it over your little brother, who's probably like maybe maybe six feet. But it was uh, it was a, a great show by Sean by Sean Stewart. And you know you know everyone wanted to give the prize to Bronny James. So the fact that Sean Stewart won it took a little extra effort. But the guy I want to talk about is Jared McCain. Oh my goodness. He practically lapped the field in winning the three-point shooting contest. Like when he took his shots, the top score was 19. Jared McCain ended up scoring 27 in the three-point shooting contest. At one point, I counted Sam. What would be a ridiculous number of three-pointers to hit in a row? What do you think? What, what's the number? What's a crazy, if I said to you, you won't believe how many three-pointers this guy hit in a row. I would say eight. Okay, you're wrong because it was 11. He hit 11, <laughs> 11 three-pointers in a row, including his money ball rack. You know, they, they have one rack where all the balls count for double, and they're all like, you know, special colored red, white, and blue and stuff like that. His money ball rack was right at the top of the circle, a, du- a direct straight-on shot. A lot of guys put their money ball rack in the corner because supposedly the corner three is a little bit easier. But Jared McCain has unlimited range. He has such effortless motion that he put it dead in the middle and he drained every single one of his money balls. Again, 11 three-pointers in a row he hit at one point. He was outrageous. And there have been some reports. There's been some information coming out of some of the scrimmages and practices that have been going on for the past couple of days that McDonald's All-American stuff. And they had a scrimmage on Sunday. And the the, the best player in the scrimmage um, was uh, uh, Dewan Wagner. Um, who's headed to Kentucky. But supposedly, like right on his heels, as one of the absolute best players that McDonald's All-American Games scrimmage was Jared McCain. And the the guys who were watching this, you know, the professional scouts and the Dutch, just said that he just always looks like he's having fun, but he's always incredibly aggressive. He's incredibly confident and just has such a wide array of shot making you know, we see him shooting these three pointers, but he can do so much more than just just hit three pointers. And he's incredibly comfortable either with the ball in his hands or playing off the ball. It, it was it was really great to get these reports, you know, from these scouts who just say that Jared McCain looked like you know one of the top three guys or so at the McDonald's All American practices because he doesn't necessarily have that reputation. And I wanted to mention Sean Stewart as well. The reports coming out are that he's just an energizer bunny constantly playing with energy and moving around and attacking, attacking rebounds. This is a guy who, you know, people are sort of unsure. Oh, is he going to play a forward? Is he going to play center at Duke? I actually think there's a decent chance. We're going to see Sean Stewart playing a good bit of center because he's just so aggressive about going after rebounds. I think that may suit his, his role at Duke really nicely. And of course he has to compliment what Mackenzie Mbako is bringing because Mbako probably has the, the higher ceiling between the two, but it does seem like Sean Stewart is going to play a massive role for Duke again. Yeah, I'll, I'll tell you, by the way, I, I have not, I've been looking around, I haven't seen much reporting at all about Mackenzie Mbako. And I, I I don't know, it's possible, I think maybe that he's been a little bit banged up, but he ha- there haven't been any reports of how he's been doing at the scrimmages and practices. We'll probably know more at the McDonald's All-American game that happens tomorrow night. And we will do a podcast where we talk about the results of that game in the next couple of days. And it also depends on on whether Kyle Filipowski is returning to Duke. That's that's still a big that's a, a big part of the equation. A, a yeah. big unknown. In addition <laughs> to Mark Mitchell, neither of whom has declared their intentions yet, but would certainly be battling for minutes with those two guys. Hey, Jason, before we get out of here, we do have to mention that on the women's side, uh, Duke secured the return 
of Celeste Taylor today. Uh, Taylor, of course, was was one of the stars for Duke this year, having transferred uh, from Texas a couple of years ago. Uh, and in Taylor, Duke brings back 11 points, four rebounds, and two and a half, sit, two and a half assists per game, uh, not to mention one of the most outstanding performances in the NCAA tournament so far. Yeah, and, and you know, it's funny. We, we talked about the women, unfortunately, going out in the round of 32, not making it to the Sweet 16, and, and we noted that Celeste Taylor had had that amazing game where she had uh, 10 rebounds, 10 steals, 8 points, and 8 assists, darn close to a quadruple double, which is outrageous, ridiculous, like unheard of. And at the time, I, I sort of asked, and I was like, God, I you know, she, she's got a fifth COVID year. Maybe we'll get it. But we sort of thought we kind of wouldn't. Th- to get this news is just huge, huge news for the for the Duke women's team. Uh, and she's going to be a huge leader on that team. She's going to be someone who's in the conversation for ACC Player of the Year and for All-American kind of honors. And, you know, I, 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 I get the impression that she came back because she recognizes sort of the same way Tyrese Proctor did, that there's unfinished business. The Duke women had an incredibly impressive season this year. And they earned a very high seed in the NCAA tournament, and their their tournament performance wasn't what they'd hoped it would be. I, I think I think Celeste Taylor is coming back because, like Tyrese Proctor said, she wants banners, and she knows that next year Duke's going to have a chance to hang some laundry. I've never heard the expression "hang some laundry," but I but I think I like it. There uh, you go, man. I mean, I've I've heard it in the context of I need to dry my clothes and and they don't belong in the dryer, but I'm not sure that it that I've ever heard it in the context of of hanging banners. So thank you for adding that this evening to my lexicon. Jason, I think that's it for tonight. Uh, Of course, we'll be back if there are any more commitments. Uh, We heard some rumblings today that maybe there are more coming in this week, but but we don't know anything definitive, so we won't speculate too blindly on that. Yeah, Duke basketball usually tries to space these things out. They want each guy to get his own news cycle, so to speak. And I wouldn't be shocked yeah and I, I look obviously some of the guys may not have made up their mind yet i've, I've heard some whispering some some talk that at least one of the the player kyle filipowski specifically that kyle may be you know really unsure what he wants to do and and so he may not have made up his mind yet but uh my bet is that we'll you know we'll over the next week to two weeks we'll get sort of one of these every couple few days i wouldn't be at all surprised if the next one we get is someone declaring for the nba draft or something like that it's possible they wait for the NBA draft declarations until after the Duke basketball banquet. Sometimes guys don't want to announce that they're leaving prior to the banquet. You know, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't know that there's that. Sam, there's not really a negative stigma to, to leaving for le- early for the NBA anymore. So Not anymore. I think that, uh, as you said, the program likes them to get their own news cycle, right? It, it's an excuse for Brendan Marks to write a whole article about them as opposed to having to, <laughs> to lump them all together into one. So... Uh, they're they're helping themselves by getting more attention, and they're helping those of us that talk about Duke basketball to to have more excuses to to get online and do just that. I, I will say it is worth noting that we are currently one for one on our predictions of what Duke basketball players will do. Uh, and again, if you have not listened to the two previous episodes where we discuss what the guards and wings will do and what the big men will do, go back and listen to those because we told you Tyrese Proctor would be coming back. So we're one for one so far. I hope we go 10 for 10. If only so that we can uh, brag about it. Exactly. <laughs> uh, that That's really the, the point of the exercise here. So we'll see what uh, further announcements come this week. As Jason mentioned, we'll definitely be back 
to recap any highlights from the McDonald's All-American game that you all should know about. But until those things happen, for Jason Evans, for Donald Wine, who's not here, but uh, assured us that he is also excited that Tyrese Proctor is returning to Duke. I I I guarantee. And Celeste case. Taylor. Donald's excited and about Celeste both Taylor. Those. Yes. So yeah. so all of all of today is good news as far as Donald is concerned. For those guys, I'm Sam Klein. This for now is still the Duke Basketball Report podcast. Email us. You'll be able to continue to email us. DBRpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back again soon. Duke Band. Take us home.